Amen. 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 Thank you for that. He is a way maker. He makes a way where there is no way. God is the faithful one. He's the one who's faithful. He's the only faithful one. He's it. He's the only faithful one. Even all the way back in Genesis, Adam and Eve were faithless and they did the one thing they were told not to do and sinned. God was still faithful. And then all of mankind did what was right in their own eyes and they were faithless. God was faithful to fulfill a promise. And then found a faithless man who was making idols in, the, in Ur of the, the Chaldeans, found a faithless man, but God was faithful. He took him outside and said, I'll no longer call you Abram, I'll call you Abraham. I'll make you the father of many nations and I will create a people, I will give you a place. God was faithful to do that even in a faithless people. And God brought him there and those people were there and there was a man by the, that we all know as Joseph who was a, a, a guy that had a dream and God was faithful in Joseph's life even that when his family was faithless, didn't have any faith, God used Joseph to preserve the remnant of Israel. And then a people who came, became in bondage, God spoke to a man named Moses. And Moses, even in the presence of God in front of the burning bush, is sitting there and he is faithless. He's talking to God, trying to negotiate this thing. I think you got the wrong guy. He didn't even have enough faith. To, there's a bush. It's burning. It's talking. God is talking to him. He's still like, Lord, could you find somebody else? Faithless. But God is faithful. And God takes him to a faithless nation. And God delivers and he's faithful and he, he delivers his people out of Egypt. And those people wander around because they're faithless. And a faithless generation wanders around, but there's a guy named Joshua. And God is faithful to rise up a people and they inherit the land. But those people became faithless because they wanted a king like everybody else. They got their king, Saul. But then God was faithful to bring a little shepherd out in the middle of nowhere. His name was David. And he himself was a man after God's own heart. So God was faithful to show himself mighty. But through the generations, people wondered. And then in Matthew 1, God was faithful that from David, from the seed of David, God brought his one and only son, Jesus Christ. 
And many people were faithless. They didn't see Jesus for who he really was, the son of God, as he taught, as he did many miracles, as he, he showed he was the completion of all that the Old Testament had promised, the very son of God. And he was crucified and he was buried. But God was faithful that he was the firstborn from among the dead so that in all things he might have the supremacy. God was faithful. And so this bunch of people that were following him are all faithless. What a ragtag bunch of people. But God was faithful to give his Holy Spirit to this bunch. They couldn't have done anything on the day that Jesus was crucified. But when the Holy Spirit came, God was faithful and used these people, these followers, to change the world. We now measure even time, our date, because of this Jesus. And through the generations, many people have been faithless. They've done many things in the name of God that have been faithless. But God has been faithful. Even to today, he has been faithful. Even here today, you may be here today, I want you to know that all the highs in your life, all the great news in your life, I want you to know that he has carried you. He has been faithful in your life, even if you are faithless today. I wanna talk today about how God is a way maker. And if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to John 11. John chapter 11. We know that within the, the verses of this book, we're gonna read the last few verses, but we know within these verses that Jesus gets the news that the one he loves, Lazarus, is fallen ill. And Jesus delays and he says, this illness is not going to, to lead to death. It is for the glory of God that we're going to go. And so the disciples say to him, well, if he's just fallen asleep, Lord, do we have to go? And he says to the, you know, he's gonna recover. And Jesus told them, Lazarus now has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you might believe. And so he, Thomas is like, womp, womp everything he says. So he says, hey, let us also go. We might all die with him. We might as well go. Wah, wah. So Jesus comes closer. And when he comes closer, uh, Mary, uh, Martha comes because Mary remains in the house. Martha comes and says, uh, Lord, if you'd just been here, my brother would not have died. Should have come sooner. And he says, well, your brother's gonna rise. And she says, oh yeah, I understand. At the resurrection, sure, he's gonna, he's gonna rise again. And this is where Jesus says, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm about to show you. I'm about to show you. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, he's gonna live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. And he answers, he says, do you believe this? So Jesus comes closer, and it's the shortest verse in the Bible. Everybody ought to know this. Jesus wept. He's weeping over his good friend as he approaches this grave. 
this tomb. And by the way, Mary then says the same thing that Martha says, Lord, if you'd have just been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus weeps, and then verse 38, let's pick it up there. Then Jesus, deeply moved, came to the tomb. Now, it was a cave, and a stone was laying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account that the people standing around, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out and his hands and his feet bound in linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, unbind him and let him go. Could it get any worse? All is lost too late. Bad news reigns. It's a bad situation and that is really not redeemable. God was too late. Jesus was too late. But the whole thing was a setup. It was a setup for what God wanted to do. And it's the same thing for you today. You might have come here and you might be faithless today. Maybe you might even be bored in the mundane of your life and you're not expecting much. But the Bible isn't boring. This whole thing was a setup. In fact, I want you to kind of touch your neighbor and say, this is a setup. Y'all don't say it like you're convinced. This is a setup, man. The whole thing was a setup. The whole thing was a setup. And I want to encourage you this morning. You might think God's too late. My life's already been established. I've already gone down the road. I got grandkids. I don't even think my kids are my grandkids. They don't know the Lord. This whole thing's a setup. The whole thing is a setup. It's not too late. And I want you to pay attention to Jesus' words, and I want us to see what his words are saying. The first thing that Jesus says, listen to what he says, and I want you to even underline them in your Bible. In verse 39, Jesus was deeply moved. He said, take away the stone. He's deeply moved. He goes in and he says, take away the stone. And the sister says, Lord, he's been dead for four days. If we take that stone away, you have no idea how much it's gonna stink in here. That is what some of you here are afraid of. That if I get rid of the thing that keeps me from the new life or walking with God, it's gonna stink. Yeah, if, if, if everybody here, if I do, if I 
if I trust God with my whole life and I, and I take away the thing that's keeping me from new life, if I do that, people are going to see it. They're going to see it with their eyes. And, and Okay, so, so even if they don't see it, even if they don't see it, they might hear about it. If God takes away the stone in my life, the thing that's keeping me from God, then people might hear about it. You might say, well, maybe people won't hear about it. But you know what? They'll smell it. They'll smell it on me. And he says, take away the stone. Folks, it's got to go. It's got to go. Whatever it is that's keeping your heart and keeping you from living for God, for trusting God completely, it's got to go. That stone has got to go. It's got to go. In order for healing and restoration to happen in our hearts, the thing that separates us from Jesus has to be removed. I want to liken this to our hearts today, to the grave that Jesus came and he walked up to. He approached Lazarus' grave groaning just as he visits these dead places in our hearts and he grieves over them. Jesus wants a resurrection to take place in those dark places in our lives as well. Here's what he says. Here's the second thing you can underline. He says, believe and see the glory of God. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Jesus is saying, I thought we already went over this. Listen up, I'll say it again. Believe and see the glory of God in your life. In America, we think that we make God a part of our story. Like, oh, that's something new I'll do. I'll go to church and I'll make God a part of my life. Wrong. Wrong. We've got it backwards. It's not about us. We are a part of God's story. He's not a part of our story. We're a part of his story. He is God. There's nobody like God. There's nothing like the glory of God. God is more glorious than we could ever talk about or think about or describe. I wouldn't even have 10,000 words wouldn't be enough to describe the glory of God. And Jesus says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe. And Jesus lifted up his hands. He said, Lord, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you would always hear me, but I said this on the account that the people around me would understand who you are and that they would believe that you sent me. I came here today to preach and I am preaching by faith today. I am preaching by faith. You know, I I grew up, I heard Billy Graham preach. I saw him do it and I was like, man, I'd love to be like that one day. When I was younger, I saw a guy named Don Finto preach and I was like, whoa, he can bring it. I wish I could preach like that. Other people in my life, like Bob Yauber, other people, I would watch him preach. Like, man, I wish I could do that. 
Have you ever done anything for God and you're like, oh Lord, I hope this works. You ever done anything for God? When I was a youth ministry, we'd do stupid stuff and I'd be like, oh Lord, I don't have any, I don't know if this is gonna work or not, I don't know. I don't know what's about to happen. Have you ever done anything like that? I came here today when I was preaching. I'm preaching a message to you, just saying, Lord, I want people to believe and see the glory of God. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus just puts his head up and says, Lord, I know you hear me. Jesus never did that. When Jesus spoke, it just happened. That we would believe and see We are called to be God's vessels of compassion who are created to receive the revelation of God, to believe and to to see the glory of God in your life. And I wanna encourage you today to believe. We are prepared. We were created to see the glory of God. And God is the one who made a way He made a way through Jesus so that we could all know the glory of God. Every person here, you're not outside of this. You might think, oh, this is for those preacher people. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about you being and knowing and believing and seeing the glory of God in your life. And some of you can't picture that, but you got to get rid of that stone. You got to believe to see the glory of God. And then he says, just very clearly, Come out. Lazarus, come out. Come forth. Lazarus, right there in verse 43. When he had said these things, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Jeremiah 23, verse 28. I love that we have the word of God. I am preaching to you straight from the Bible today. Jeremiah 23, verse 28 said, Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock rock into pieces? When you speak the word of God, you're tapping into the limitless word of God. Jesus said, Come out, Lazarus. Three times Jesus spoke to Satan when he was tempted. He said, It is written, and Satan's schemes were defeated. There is a great power in the word of God. And what I'm trying to do for you to do is I want you to apply the word of God that we have read here and we have seen here today to your life. Apply it to your life. Come out. Come forth. Whatever's holding you back, come forth. And then Jesus says, and the last words I'd have you underline there, in verse 44, loose him and let him go. Lazarus, Lazarus was not totally free until he was loosened from those grave clothes. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet were bound, and Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. No matter what chains are in your life, no matter what addictions are in your life, no matter what habits are in your life, I don't care what they are. Whatever they are, we, Jesus can loosen every bondage. We can bend again here today. Jesus gives us the freedom from bondage of sin. Jesus gives us the freedom 
of bondage of fear. Jesus gives us a freedom from the burden of the requirements of religion. Jesus gives us the freedom from the realm of darkness, the power of darkness and Satan. Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Jesus will bring freedom to all creation from the curse that is upon the earth because sin reigns. So today, I want you to listen to those words. What Jesus said, take away the stone. Take it away. Believe and see the glory of God. I want you to be a person who believes God for your life. Whether you're a high schooler, whether you're a college student, whether you're a young adult, whether you're in your 20s or 30s, whether you're in your 50s, whether you're in, the seven, you're in your 70s, to believe God. Believe and see the glory of God. Come out. Come forth. Act on faith. Loose, be loosened by the Lord. Today, I want to encourage you to be a person of faith. I'm gonna ask the worship team right now to come. I want us to do something different. Now, some of you, I'm already losing you because the worship team is coming up here, listen to me. I came here today to preach this to every person here in the hopes that this would be a day when you would invite God to be a way maker in your life. And there are so many stories in this room right here. If you need God to make a way in your life, I'm gonna do something different today. I'm gonna ask you to simply come forward and I'm gonna ask you to stand down front. If you can't kneel, I don't want you to. I want you just to stand here with me in the front. And then I want us to sing this song that I have asked the worship team to sing. And we're going to sing this as a prayer together. And I want you to stand here if you need for God to make a way. Some of you, you need for God to make a way in that you need to give your life to the Lord. You're coming forth to do that. There's some of you here that you're carrying a diagnosis. Maybe you're carrying some bad news. Maybe you're carrying some struggle that you want God to make a way. If that's you today, I want you just to simply come to the front. I want you to stand right now with me. I want us to spend these next few minutes with the Lord. And then after we sing this song, we're gonna pray. And I wanna pray over all the people that have come forward. We're just gonna sing this song as a declaration. That's why we're even, some of you who come, I want you to come now. I don't want you to come in a minute. I want you to come now. If you need God to make a way in your life, you need the Lord to, to make a way, you need God to be a way maker for you, I'm gonna invite you to come here. And as we sing this song, if God moves on your heart, I want you to, and then when we're done with this song, I'm gonna pray for you. People who need to make, for God to make a way. Holly, I want you to lead us as we sing this.
Father, I pray right now that you would just touch every person here, that you would help us, Lord, to believe and see your glory. I pray, Father, for every person here that you would help us to be a people. Lord, I pray that you would move and you would make a way in this place. In Jesus' name.